The Money Show. Shapeshifters. Shapeshifters brought to you by Camellia Holdings, your trusted service provider of all things ICT. Uh, Brandy Duchenne is the chief executive at Hippo. .co.za. You know the hippo. The hippo is famous. The hippo escaped and ran around Gauteng for a bit, uh, but that was a real one. But hippo has been at the forefront of insurance aggregation um, since, I don't know, the early days of the internet. Have you tried an insurance aggregator? You go to a site, you put in your requirements, you wait for it to spit out quotes and eventually help you navigate the complexity of trying to compare quotes because insurance is quite fraught. Um, if you've ever sort of sat with five different policy documents in front of you and tried to make a choice, the aggregators are designed to make that choice easier for you. Um, was it the first aggregator, Bradley Hippo, in South Africa? Yes, Bruce, evening. Um, in de- definitely in terms of financial services, it, it, uh, it was, and it's uh, still to today uh, the biggest uh, aggregator in South Africa. How do you define big in terms of aggregators. You had a hippo as your mascot. Yes, hippos are big. Um, how do you define size when it comes to aggregators? Well, we have 3 million people visiting our website on an annual basis. And uh, these days, it's not just about uh, car and home insurance comparison. Um, they also come to Hippo to compare things like loans, um, medical aids, health insurance, uh, funeral insurance, life insurance, and now, more recently, fiber. What? Okay. Um, <laughs> I, I get that you could do something like funeral insurance. You're dead, you're dead. You need money to be paid out. That's fairly simple. Um, it gets a bit more complicated, doesn't it, when it comes to things like medical aid and life insurance because there are lots of uh, T's and C's attached to, to those sorts of uh, finance products. Yeah, they are, but uh, largely these pro- products are regulated and, um, and they're becoming more and more commoditized. And, and really, um, you know, the consumer can largely make a comparison based on price. And we also do highlight product uh, differences, but they, they're pretty much uh, commoditized these days. And, and, and you know, c- customers do phone around and, uh, and, and try to do that work by themselves. And we, we you know, at HIPAA do the heavy lifting for them and they just have to go and fill in a form on our website and a couple of minutes later they get prices from multiple service providers so um you know i think it's a a service offering that uh adds real value to to the end consumer i mean if you if you drill into hippo and who hippo is it's all out of the auto and general group isn't it i mean this is doe stain um who was sort of one of the the massive innovators of south african insurance in his day yeah, that's right. Um, actually, the group's now known as uh, Telesure Investment Holdings. That's the holding company of uh, quite a few local uh, short-term insurers, as well as um, a life insurer. And then, of course, uh, Hippo is part of that stable now. Um, and then, but then Doe also um, went and did, uh, in, in, the, in the United Kingdom, went to took aggregation to an industrial level there um, and used a meerkat, Vladimir somebody or other. I mean, it was just the, the weirdest thing looking at it. And, and it's caused people in the UK to come to travel to South Africa to see meerkats. I have friends who live in London and came and stayed and they went on a road trip and got up at four o'clock in the morning to see meerkats all because of the um, the insurance yeah. aggregator in the United Kingdom. It's been the most extraordinary uh, sort of cultural icon. He is Vladimir or something like that, isn't he? 
Yeah, that, that meerkat is actually, uh, it's pretty crazy. He actually is a Russian-speaking meerkat with a whole backstory of, of how he uh, escaped from, from Africa to Russia um, and then went to the UK to set up uh, uh, a price comparison site. Um, hugely popular, hugely successful business. And uh, Hippo was, was built on the back of the success that we saw coming out of the UK. Okay, so the UK was first and then Hippo came off the back of it. Is it the same, roughly the same sort of technology or is it a fundamentally different proposition? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, I guess uh, initially what you need to do is make sure that you've got uh, a panel of, of, of partners who want to participate. That was our, our early challenge. And uh, over time, what we've done quite successfully is, is integrate more and more uh, panel members so across the different uh, verticals that we compare, we have 92 different partners. Um, and in our largest vertical, uh, being car and home insurance, we now compare 15 different offerings from 10 different insurers. Um, uh, and, and, how, you know, and how many of those are owned by Teleshow? Because in the early days, you did get into a bit of trouble uh, because I, I don't know if you deliberately excluded or nobody else bought into the idea in the early stages, but somebody one day wised up and went, hold on a second, but you're all owned by the same company. That's uh, that, that smells fishy or hippo-y or whatever. Well, Bruce, there was never intent to um, only have Telesure partners on initially. Um, but, you know, unfortunately, uh, local insurers were not were not keen in, in participating on, in aggregation. So we had to do what we could to get started. But these days we have King Price on our panel. We have Pineapple. We have Rwise. We have Old Mutual Insure. We have Dotsure. And we're about to add one of the bank insurers. So... Um, and that's just in the short-term space. In the live space, we have up to 15 different insurers and uh, only one of them is owned by, by Telesure. So clearly, you know, our, our value proposition is only as strong as, as, as the strength of our panel. And uh, what, what's interesting is that there are some big names obviously missing from that list. And the question I would ask as a consumer is that, wow, those insurers not wanting their, their product to be compared. Um, and, you know, there's one particular large direct insurer they won't even give you a, a price online. They let you fill in a form for a price online, but then they get their, their, um, their consultant to call you back and, and tell you what the price is. And, you know, I guess their, their, their thinking behind that is if they get their agent talking to you, they have a better chance of, of converting you into a sale before you can go and compare their price with, with somebody else's. So, yeah, ideally, you know, that's not, that's not good for consumers that, that certain insurers are still holding out. Um, and uh, I think that's the, the more pertinent question is why, what is why the is it IP, that, uh, that it went? What sort of IP do you have to give away when you come onto an aggregation site like yours? Um, because you, I've got to, if, I, if I'm an insurer, I've got to allow you to be able to delve into my insurance nether regions and have a, have a good ruffle around to see what my policies are, what my T's and C's are, and what my pricing is. No, not at all, Bruce. So basically, uh, we, we work with uh, an API integration, and really all that happens um, is that um, the customer fills in a form on our website, and we pass the data fields to the insurer. That insurer then um, runs that through their pricing engine and sends back a price to us. So we, we're not actually getting in, into any of the insurer's IP. Um, all we're doing is, is displaying um, one field that, that, that comes back, and that's really the price without us having to go anywhere near their systems. And what sort of responsibility do you then take? Are you simply the facilitator um, of the transaction? How does that work? 
No, we're not. Um, it, some insurers actually don't have the, the ability to convert those policies into uh, those leads into policies. And we've actually uh, more recently set up that sales fulfillment capability for certain insurers. So it all depends on, on the arrangement and who we, we're working with. In some cases, we just pass on a lead. In other cases, we actually convert that lead into a policy on their behalf. It's a massively interesting world. Bradley Deschen is the chief executive at hippo.co.za. We'll talk more to him about his career, how he got there, um, and some interesting boards that he sits on. What's the connection? I can't pronounce half of these. We'll talk about that in just a moment. The Money Show. Shapeshifters. One of South Africa's more successful financial services exports has been short-term insurance. Bratty Duchenne is chief executive at Hippo. Uh, and this isn't directly in your patch, but I think as part of Telesure, just give me a, a geographical lesson in how far Telesure reaches in terms of insurance, Bradley. Sure, Bruce. So um, our international group uh, holding companies called Budget Holdings Limited out of Guernsey. Um, we have the business in the UK that we spoke about a little bit earlier called Compare the Market, uh, the biggest aggregator in the, U- in the UK market. And 50% of all uh, car and home insurance is actually bought through aggregation in the UK. And uh, we probably have 50% of that market. We then have a business in Australia. Uh, that business is actually a, a car and home uh, insurer, so a short-term insurer. And uh, Compare the Market actually operates in Australia. Um, the UK business then expanded into to France and set up a, another meerkat under a different name called Le, Le Ferret, uh, the ferret um, doing a similar thing. Um, we have an operation in Singapore that is a, a insurer, a comparison site in Thailand, and an insurance brokerage in China, and then uh, as well as a comparison site in Turkey that uh, I was uh, responsible for going and establishing some eight years ago. It's a hell of a reach. I mean, and you're not listed, and so therefore you're not in the public eye in the same way as other insurers in South Africa are. Um, and I suppose that's allowed you um, to to really be able to expand under the radar, so to speak. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, what was uh, built in South Africa was uh, sort of world-leading at, at the time in the early 80s, um, and um, that that allowed us to get into to markets where um, you know things were had become a little bit stayed and we were ready for disruption. And we've done exactly that in in, in those territories. Our Australian what, business is growing at twenty five percent year on year for the last five years. What was built in South Africa in the early eighties that disrupt that you know, was so good that it allowed that disruption to happen? Well, we were the first um, direct insurer in, in, in the country and uh, probably one of the first uh, globally. Um, I remember joining the company some 29 years ago and those in those stages, uh, uh, fax machines were pretty new in, in a business environment. We were uh, already doing paperless insurance, um, recording the conversations and um, and then issuing policy documents without a client's signature. And that allowed us to, to build a whole lot of data um, back then that uh, enable us to price more efficiently and uh, and therefore um, make better margins than than anybody else was was doing at that time. So was that the model then that was exported, and then sort of built on outside of the country? Yes, it was. That um, so initially we uh, set up an insurer in the UK, but the market's a little bit different there with long tail risks. Um, so what happens is there's a lot of passenger liability claims. 
And those claims can take years and years to settle. So it's a little bit different here in South Africa where we have the road accident fund. And so we don't have to, to be bothered with those kinds of risks. And so we didn't quite understand that market effectively. And, and that's when the business pivoted to become a broker at first. Um, and then uh, finally to, to get into price comparison. It's an astonishing journey, isn't it? And I mean, you've been part of this journey. You're part of the furniture um, at, at, at within that Telesure within that Telesure group because very few people stick in companies for 29 years. Um, that's yeah. a, that's a, a that's a life sentence in in many countries. Yeah, it's only only place I've ever worked, Bruce. Straight out of varsity. And I mean, do you, I mean, you've obviously done well, and that's great. But um, you know, as you look at the the revolution, and so many people in insurance have sort of broken away and gone and done their own thing, at the risk of upsetting the bosses. Have you never been tempted? Um, you know, every time I've I've been tempted, something new's come along. And uh, you know, I've done lots of different things from running operations, running marketing, setting up new ventures, and so. Always, uh, you know, been been exciting opportunities that aren't often always around in in a smaller enterprise. So, um, had the opportunity to go set a, a business up in in an uh, in overseas territory, which uh, you know, not not many people have that opportunity. So, um, no, uh, I've I've been pretty happy where where I am. But in a world of fintech, because I mean, so I mean, Telesure and Auto in general before it were early disruptors. I mean, you were, you were shaking the market and freaking the market out. Are you now at risk of being disrupted? Or are you leading in that disruptions field as uh, fintechs? All you need nowadays is an application, um, it, it would seem, and you can, you know, change the world. There, there is a huge amount of sort of startup energy happening, and insurance seems to be sort of at the, at the center of that in financial services. Yeah, look, Bruce, we, we, because of our international footprint, we have a, a good sense of what's happening globally and we stay on top of all of those new trends. I think what some of the fintech startups are, are struggling with is that, you know, they can, it's easy to build a front end that, that consumers can engage with, but you still got to have the back end capability of, of running an insurance company effectively. And, and that's when many of them uh, fall short. So, yeah, there have been some successes, but largely no, no major disruptors up until now. Um, are you looking at those at, at this industry with with fresh eyes, though? Because I mean, it, it's so commoditized, as you pointed out earlier. It's so uh, ferocious, and the margins are quite thin. It, it's quite an exciting space from that perspective. You might call it a nightmare uh, as a consumer of insurance products. It, it's exciting. Absolutely, um, and you know, uh, it's been it's it's a pretty competitive landscape here in South Africa, um, and uh, yeah. I suppose, although the margins might be might be pretty thin for for certain insurers, uh, Telesure has always had a history of of being extremely profitable. Um, and uh, you know, uh, I, I guess the, the the biggest challenge at this point in time is is top line growth. Um, I, I think uh, consumers are under pressure, and and the market for car and home insurance hasn't necessarily grown significantly over the last decade. It's the factor of almost zero growth for most of that decade. Bradley Duchenne, thank you. Lovely insights this evening. Chief Executive at hippo.co.za.